Good evening, family. Thank you for tuning in to the Two Mics Up show. It's your man, Dame DNYDC, coming to you live from the DMV. Let me introduce our featured guest co-host, Elisa Middleton. Lisa, go ahead and let everybody know a little about yourself. Hey, everybody. Glad to be here. Hey, Dane. Thanks for inviting me for your co-host. I'm so excited. I'm an activist here in the local staff in Virginia area, and I am extremely, extremely proud, Dave, to have this platform to inform the people of what is going on. And I understand we have a, a featured guest today that we're happy to have to tell us some information from the ground. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, we have uh, Bernard joining us live from Minnesota. Uh, you know, Bernard has uh, been active and on the ground with the unfortunate murder and, and slaying of, uh, you know, our brother George Floyd. Um, may he rest in peace. Uh, and Bernard has been kind enough to join us tonight to, to share, you know, the events that kind of took place, you know, kind of from start to finish. And we want to go ahead and share that information with everybody. So Bernard, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to everyone and uh, give a little information about yourself and let us know, you know, from your perspective, what took place there in Minnesota. Okay. Good evening. My name is Bernard Turner. Most people call me BLT. I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, and I moved to Minnesota um, 22 years, 32 years ago to attend college. My undergrad is in music and theater, and I earned my MBA last year in 2019. My heart is heavy at this time. The event that has happened here in Minneapolis this past week is tragic, sad, and terrifying. I believe that the government should pay for the counseling of our post-traumatic stress because the riots, as well as the undue brainwashing of our communities that we've suffered for many years through systematic racism. This has been horrible. First, we had the virus that had us locked up and, and we were commanded to stay indoors by a local government for three months. And just when we opened, we have this tragic murder. This horrible event died in such a horrible way. And with all the destruction in this community, seeing many of my friends lose their businesses, regardless of the fact that they may have had insurance, it's still a massive loss. Mm. They already suffered for three months from the virus. There's so much loss that it's sickening and it's sad. God has blessed me with the ability to see things for what they are. From the first moment I got I got to that rally last a week ago today, up Tuesday. I knew something was wrong. The energy was off. I'm an intuitive person, and I can feel energy. At that rally that night, something was very wrong. I saw so many people. I saw so many things that didn't make sense, and it scared me. I started going live on Facebook because I wanted our community not to take the fall for something that someone else was doing. I try convincing people in our community that it's not black people that are setting these fires and inciting the looting. Now, let me just say, I know a lot of people in Minnesota. I go to a lot of events, and I spend a lot of time when I'm at these events speaking to people. I can't take a step without running into someone that I know. One of our biggest events in Minnesota is called the Minnesota State Fair. There's a million people that attend that event daily. And when I go, whenever I go, I go sometimes three or four times, I keep running into people that I know. 
At this rally on day one, there were so many white people. I barely knew anybody. I may have known four or five people, but there were thousands of people at this event, which was weird. Things were not adding up. Now, let me give you a little background about how I know George. George and I met two years ago at an event. There was a big event, and I was asked to um, have hold the money. And every time the money got to a certain um, point, I would have to collect the money. So I was given a security person to be with me. That person was George. Mm. George and I was together from 2 p.m. to 4 a.m. I got a chance to sit and talk to him and get to know him. He was mild-mannered. He was, he's tall and he's big and he was a gentle soul. We talked about everything from his childhood to his children, I mean, to his daughter, why he came to Minnesota. And I got to know him very well and he was a very, very nice guy. When I heard what they said he did, my first thought was this ain't right. Something mm. is not right about that because he's not that, I mean, he's working on his life. Mm. And forever, forever, we will be changed because of his murder. This man is going to go down in history around the globe for making the change of what's about to happen to us in the policing world and in our government. Mm. Now, moving forward today, Minneapolis has gotten themselves back. They're working their way back. Immediately after all the, I mean, you won't believe the stuff that they tore up around the city. They tore it up and it's gone. And people immediately came out. Now, this is Minnesota. This is Minnesota, where people came out to clean up, clean up buildings, clean up the wow. debris. There are endless places around this city that has food, like miles of food, because they destroyed every grocery store in the neighborhood there is no banks in the neighborhood there is no um regular convenience stores in the neighborhood there's no gas station i had literally have to drive five miles just to go wow, get a cup of coffee in the morning okay because it's all gone mm. now there's so many things that i want to talk about what i saw that night that scared me to my core but i'm gonna wait and use that for a different podcast time what I want to use this time with is to talk about the white elephants that the white elephant that's in the room. Things that people are not addressing that's so obvious, but I don't understand why people are not talking about it. Things that I think that people thought and they blew it off because they don't know who to ask or they don't know where to bring these questions, but they gotta be on the table. And we've gotta look at these white elephants and talk about it. Okay, so let's be specific. Which ones, which elephants are you actually referring to? You know, I'm going to bring them all up right now. Okay. I'm going to bring them up as food for thought. I don't have the answers. I've got my answers up here, but they're so deep right now that I've lost, that I, I lost the point that my friend has passed away. I've not had a chance to grieve. Hmm. Okay? And what you don't understand is there was another person that died that night, the night before. That was a client of mine. He had just graduated from our program and got shot in the streets. So there's two funerals that I've got to attend. Okay? And I've decided I'm not going to tomorrow's vigil because this plague is going to have Obama's coming. And Al Sharpton is coming. I don't want to be there. 
on Thursday, I mean, on Friday, I'm not going because Trump is coming. So it's like all these celebrity people are coming and it's going to be overshadowed for celebrity to see. And we're going to talk about what I believe okay. in a minute about the white elephant. Yeah, please okay? go right ahead. Go right ahead. So one of the white elephants that I thought got solved today, because I wonder where the other two police officers, there were four police officers. We only see two of them. The whole time when he's getting choked out. The question is, where were the other two? Why are there no pictures of the other two police officers that were missing? We never saw pictures of them. So now it got revealed today when um, George's family didn't get just one second. I mean, there's, there's been three coroner reports. They got two special ones and one that came out of Minnesota. Not until the coroner report of the other two said that he died of asphyxiation and that his hands were bounded and that his legs were being held down. Mm -hmm. That's when the other when the pictures emerge behind right. the, the police car. They're holding him down. Mm -hmm. We would never have seen that or known that if these other coroner's reports did not get released. Right. So that was one of my um, one of my um, white elephant, but I, I, I'm going to say the Democratic um, Governor Waltz had appointed Hennepin County's attorney, Mike Freeman, who concluded, and he always, as long as I've been in Minnesota, he always concluded on the side of the police officers. Mm -hmm. And this time he came up with a bogus report. And the world was watching and the world did not buy it. Mm -hmm. The family got not one but two coroner's report that completed that said that George was murdered. Yep. So now, um, Governor Waltz is planning on doing a special investigation of the Minneapolis Police Department stringing back to, um, 10 years. But my thing is, it's not their decision to say how many years going back. The community should say, no, we want you to go back 20 to 30 years. Right. Can you imagine how many people would be found out that they went to jail for the bogus, littlest, stupidest thing if we go back 20, 30 years? But let me talk about Amy Kobachar. Okay. Amy Kobachar made it her business today to get out there and discuss who is going to jail. So she said that the other... The other three police officers will be indicted. Well, Let me tell you what the problem that is. Amy Kobachar hasn't done anything in the black community for as long as she has been the district attorney, as long as she's been a senator. We ain't heard from her. Okay, and that, she ain't even. Been, she was dead silent last week. And that's why now, all of a sudden, you got something you want to say. Well, that's why I just kind of give a background, if you could, for everybody, because we're, you know, those of us here, we're. I know some may be familiar with her on a national level uh, for her recent run at the presidency, but if you could just spend a minute right there. And some people, yeah, she was running for president, but she was our district attorney, and she was the district attorney, and she was the, um, oh, sorry, I'm sorry, I broke a door plank, um, but she did nothing before us. She overseen a lot of cases. The biggest one that got her to step down from being um, running for presidency is that she put a 17-year-old in jail because they claimed that there was a little girl doing her homework here in North Minneapolis, not far from here. She was doing her homework, and a gunshot went through the window and killed her. Wow. And she was like 
six or seven years old. Any they 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 found someone, and they put him the seventeen year old in jail for life, wow. with no real proof that he did it. Well, they have since found that he is not possible for them to have done it. That's why they were calling for her to step her butt down, and she did. Okay. So that tells you something. Okay. So yeah. if we go back twenty to thirty years, we're gonna see. A lot of cases is that she oversaw. Mm -hmm. This is why all of a sudden now she's concerned and she wants to be a face in our community. Wow. That's amazing. So we have got to stand up and say, no, you don't get to pick how many years back. because There's going to be a reason why they're only going 10 years. Mm -hmm. We This is our platform right now. We have the platform. We need to use it. Mm -hmm. This will show that there's been many years of police corruption. In many, and then, I mean, just imagine how many people would get out of jail if this was to be, um, we go back, not just another elephant in the room. Why all of a sudden has Mayor Fry showed up at the vigil? Where have we... We haven't seen you there at all while all this pain has happened. Where have you been? While well, all of a sudden you show up. It's interesting because the DA, Keith Ellison, has upgraded the charges to second degree, which Derek can now face up to 25 and a half years, or the latter, which calls in 12 and a half years. Mm -hmm. They got busted. So now all of a sudden, all these people who've done all this dirty stuff in the in the, all these years are now coming forward. And now they're going to be in the community. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Another white elephant. Where are the other two passengers that were in that vehicle with George? Why no one has mentioned them? No one's discussed them. They haven't been seen, nor have we seen them at the vigil. And no one's talked about it. Hmm. Hmm. So, so we know they existed. I was just going to say because some of us here may not have known that, and I don't recall seeing video of it. So, can you expound on that? Yes. So, when when they confront George at the car, the other police officer went to the other to the passenger side and pulled the other two guys out. When you look at the video, you see um, the police officer walking George towards the store. The other police officer is talking to the other gentleman. And that's those are the things that I'm talking about. That we've gotten so conditioned that we don't see anything. We all we see is George. We don't see what's going on in the background. Okay, that said, the obvious to me is obvious, but for a lot of us, we don't see these things. Okay. Mm -hmm. Another white elephant. The gentleman who called the police is extremely apologetic. He wished that he never called the police. He's even said that the $20 bill wasn't even fake. Now, a lot of people in our community has jumped to conclusions about this crime. This is why I described his character. Because I never, ever felt that this man did a crime. But I got a question for each and every one of you. How many of you, when you go to the store, pull out your counterfeit pen when someone hands you your 20, any of those 20, and make sure that they're real? No one does. What we do, we stick it in our pocket. Right. And then we go to the next venue and we pay our bills. Right, right. And that's probably what he did. And he probably, if he had a fake $20 bill in his pocket, he didn't know that he had it. 
just like many of us will know that we have one until it comes up. So true. So true. Another white elephant in the room. If all of this wasn't pre-planned, why do so many people know that they, that white people came to Minnesota by the busload and by air the week before? Hmm. Why ain't anyone talking about that? Now, we've talked about it. We've heard it. People said that they've seen it. But why are we not talking about where did they come from and why were they here if it wasn't pre-planned? You know, you bring up a good point because that's like many other cities here where we're starting to notice and realize Correct. they're they're coming by the Correct. bus loads. They're coming out like, I mean, they're coming out like roaches. Correct. I just got to say that trying to have this conversation with the community has caused me such stress and strife that I've decided I need to take a break. This is why I don't want to bring up all these things because I haven't even grieved my friend's death yet. Mm. I have not dealt with the white people driving up and down outside my window with guns shooting and yelling, get out nigger, get out nigger. I've not dealt with that. I haven't processed that because I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, okay? I moved to Minnesota. I ain't never experienced such hatred. Wow. It's traumatizing. I didn't sleep for a whole week. I only ate goat cheese and crackers because I was scared to move around in my apartment. If you don't believe me that I lost my mind last Saturday, ask my cousin how many times uh, my sister and my cousin, I text them and kept telling them all these crazy things because I was losing my mind. Wow. I was terrified. Jeez. And that's what they wanted. And they got that out of me. Oh, wow. That's, man, I'm sorry, sorry to hear that, man. That's... Thank you. Who's breaking my heart, man? It was horrible. Jesus. It was horrible. And then to go out and see your community demolished and gone. Wow. People don't understand what, what's tragedy for me is that I videotaped a bunch of stuff. I saw a lot of what, what, the, what uh, all the stuff that no one wants to talk about, that everyone want to blame black folks, but I was talking and videotaping this stuff. Why is my stuff gone? The stuff in my cell phone, gone. That's when I got scared because Minnesota can't do that. That's bigger and greater than you think it is. You tell it, man. Now, do I have an answer to that? I do. But I ain't doing it at this podcast. I'm going to make you want some more. Wow, man, that's crazy. Here's my final white elephant to the room. <laughs> Sunday, the... Democratic Governor Waltz sent the National Guards home. He sent them home on Sunday night. Now, just think, Sunday is when that truck just ran over across everybody, the right? Yeah, on a, on a highway, right? Yeah. Correct. So now you're telling me that you're about to send these people home. People, you found all those abandoned cars with no license plates all over the city. They found bottles of gasoline all over the city, but you're going to send the National Guards home, and your words are, tomorrow's going to be a better day. You shortened curfew from, it was at 8 o'clock to 6 a.m. Now you changed it to 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. for just two days. My question is, how did you know that tomorrow was going to be a better day and that we were not going to have any more issues? But my first thought was, are you crazy? <laughs> are you out of your mind? Because how do you know that these people are gone? Exactly. That's a very valid point. White elephants in the room. So 
here's how I'm going to end this. There's so many questions, so many things that don't add up, so many things that don't make sense, that there's so many damn elephants in the room that I can't breathe. Wow. George. Thank you. Man, thank you. That was, that was powerful, man. And yes, I, I want yeah, thank you, thank you so much. Um, just for taking the time to share that. Um, I, I hear you and your pain because uh, we all on some levels are feeling the same thing. You know, that sense right. of being trapped, uh, cornered. And one of the reasons why I really wanted to, to do this after speaking with you, you know, last week, um, it was therapeutic for me to hear someone else and you're there. Um, you know, and we're watching this at home, my wife and I, and it made it very difficult. Um, but it was therapeutic to hear, and um, I needed that. And I hope that you you take you take care of yourself and you remain safe. Um, and you know, I'm not a therapist, but if there's anything that we can do, I mean, just talking or I appreciate that. Whatever, man. I mean, we're I here, that. and we have to do this for each other. And I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Yes. Yes, thank you, Bernard. Thank you for being so open and honest from the beginning. Thank you for sharing everything that you have shared um, over the week. And yes, I can attest to you texting me and calling me and telling me what is going on in your area. I can also attest to the fact that you were telling us that this is not Minnesotan. Something is going on. And through um, diligence of the millennials, they were actually proving your point so I think yes. being open and honest I want you to take yes. up yourself I want you to grieve your friend and you take care of yourself mentally and physically and we're always here to pick up that um, where you left off and whenever you're ready okay we love you yes I love you yes, I love you appreciate you Bernard Great, guys. I greatly appreciate you thank you so much right. and I love to talk about the next phase, the next step about what I saw because it's bigger than you think it is. So um, it, it, it will put make, it will put perspective in your cities of what's going on. And I've done some major research and I've talked to a lot of people and there's a specific reason why I keep saying the word Democrat. Well, it's uh, very important that, that we know that. You and I, I think the last time we talked, we touched on a few points and um I, I would love when you're ready to have you come back and let's go into a part two about that and let's share that with, you know, the information and the knowledge you've obtained and let's share it with everybody else. So, yes, I agree. And, and we'll, sch we'll schedule a part two to this uh, in the near Excellent. future. Thank you. Thank you, Bernard. Thank you. All right. All right, man. Thank you. Right. You guys be safe. Um, say a prayer for the world. Yes, sir. We will. Right. We're going to say a prayer for you too, man. Love you. Thank you. Love you guys. Right. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Ooh, that was powerful. Lee, say it again. I mean, your 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 story um, and the events that have taken over, you know, taken place over this this last weekend are just as moving as well. And uh, you know, please go ahead and share with everybody. You know, uh, what, the events that took place with you over the weekend. 
Sure, no problem. Uh, I do want to just piggyback a little bit off of Bernard to say that the inciting um, people are real. I think that the inciting by the police and the inciting by the paid members with another vested interest in seeing unrest is real. Um, the looting um, and the fires and things like that that are not being set by true protesters uh, has played into the uh, fact that it gives law enforcement the undue and unjust uh, right in their mind to uh, shoot at peaceful protests to Mm -hmm. agitate uh, those type of um, events. So I think that what we're having here is two things go on. Mm -hmm. We are having protesters, but then we are having Uh, rioters and looters, which are two different things. And in the law enforcement eyes, they are clumping those things into one, as usual, Um, not to be unexpected, but has to be, we have to stand up against that because we won't be silent. You will not um, silence us from peaceful protests um, because you want to lump every protest in together. We will continue to protest until we see justice. This is just the beginning. Okay. All right. And, um, so with that being said, we did have a peaceful protest down in Stafford, Virginia. Um, it was, it was one of the, it was a rally more say, uh, in the beginning, uh, there were several speakers. There were officials there from the school board of Stafford County and the sheriff of Stafford County, um, uh, Decatur, he was there as well. Uh, and it was more or less everyone um, speaking their truths on what we need to do as a community to bridge gaps. So we thought the protest went well and it was peaceful. Now we had some young kids who wanted to march. Mm-hmm. So, because um, that wasn't a part of the beginning, we just kind of rolled up on this protest. We didn't know who organized it mm-hmm. or, um, you know, who put this together. But this was after? This was after? you guys had started like uh because kind of give a time frame like what time was this about one two o'clock this when you was started? 1 p.m yeah okay. this was okay. one in the afternoon on uh sunday okay uh so we heard about it so of course um activists and uh leaders went over to support because uh we're here locally so if there's any protest that's going on and it's in our vested interest of course we're going to go and support so when we got there um there was no real leadership there. It wasn't a, really an organization, but people showed up, which mm-hmm. was good. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the local uh, leaders were there. So it was a peaceful protest as um, far as a rally because there was no marching in the beginning. It was more like um, speeches and people talking and we're saying, you know, arrest the police. And people are also pointing out the uh, flaws of Stafford County, okay. saying that they have a lot to um you know, a lot of work to do because right. historically Stafford County um, is embedded in racism. Okay. So uh, that was being said. So the sheriff assured that he would assist and this kind of thing wouldn't happen. And he knows that there are things that, you know, Stafford has to work on and he's on board. Mm-hmm. So the children, um, and when I say children, let me just say this. Um, I'm talking a group of anywhere from 15 year olds to about 22 okay uh year olds okay so it was a group of maybe about 50 and they were walking around for hours um just protesting and 
getting out exercising their right and they were chanting you know they were just going throughout Stafford and I they decided uh I would say one so maybe about two hours later they were still walking um so I want to say maybe about three uh or so uh they decided to lock arms and uh go across 610 and they were chanting okay so they were met with the full force of Stafford County, the full force okay. of Stafford County. And when I say full force, I am talking snipers on the roof. And again, I'm going to say it's, children. It's crazy when uh, you hear that. Yeah, snipers on the roof. There was a tank bought out. The SWAT team was bought out. K-9 unit was bought out. And it was overzealous and it was excessive. Mm. So... Mm-hmm. Um, what to my assessment, because there was when the police approached approached the protesters, there was some back and forth from the children. Okay. Um, they were yelling, "Hands up, hands up! No justice, no peace." The police were saying, "You know, you have to move out the road." As they were trying, as they were going to disperse, um, there was a back and forth with two or three of the uh, young protesters and the uh, police. Um, uh, pepper spray and one of the children's and then another young man um, who had the opportunity of talking to his mother said that because his brother was trying to help a friend who was uh, African American mm. and I'm talking about two uh, white, white kids, kids that yeah. were saying okay. that they were trying to help their friend so when this little scuffle happened and you have to realize we're talking about a scuffle because we're talking grown men right. in full riot gear with assault rifles crazy. unarmed teenagers that's crazy so the so the brother threw the water bottle, a plastic sixteen ounce water bottle, empty, uh, barely empty. Um, the water did splash, okay. and that's when the pepper spray came and the whole big unnecessary shenanigans happened. Now here's what I think: I think that Stafford County missed an, a good opportunity to bridge a gap. I agree. I, think I agree. They missed I a agree. good opportunity to show the community that they are not, yeah, um, you know, a part of this systematic racism. Instead, what they did was affirm yep. that they are definitely, definitely. embedded, mm-hmm. and we got a lot of work to do because. Um, it was overzealous. So I think they expected looters and they expected rioters and they expected um, uh, the things that they see on TV, like in inner cities, like say like a Baltimore or New York City and things like that. When you talk to small town USA, these children are your neighbors. These children are your kids, classmates. These are children of the community. So you were overzealous in thinking that what you saw on TV was going to happen here because into me, and I'm not going to put anything in their uh, mouth or their brain, but what it looked like in my opinion is that you were itching for something to happen Mm -hmm. like that level so you can use that's exactly what it sounds like yeah so i was disappointed i was disappointed to the fact that i was in the middle of that i was disappointed to the fact that i paid 
tax uh, dollars here in Stafford County. And I was more disappointed in the fact that only two to three hours earlier, you stood by and said that you would bridge communities. And I cannot uh, bridge the gap between our communities and the police. And I just simply cannot believe you because I know that they cannot pull a tank out without your authorization. So to do better... We are still offering an olive branch because we all have to coexist. So we're still offering an olive olive branch to Stafford County to go ahead and hold town halls. I mean, some other organizations are doing that where they're holding town halls with Stafford County, and that is fine for me. For me, a resident, a longtime resident of 23 years of Stafford County, I need to see something tangible. I need to see what is your disciplinary. uh, policies there. How do you handle complaints? Do we have an advisory or are you willing right. to have an advisory board to oversee um, things Excellent like that? Point. So the town walls are great. Don't get me wrong. This opens up the dialogue or communication, but what is your willingness to actually act on these tangibles that we will put in place? Yeah, that those were excellent points. Um, you know, and it just blows my mind listening, you know, in such a short span of time, you know, you go from one extreme to the next. And as you you so eloquently stated, you know, they they telling you that, uh, you know, we're going to bridge a gap. But next thing you know, like you say, you know, you got snipers on the building and, and tanks on the ground. Tanks and, on the ground, bro. And that's, and cra- that's crazy. And listen, don't get me wrong. I am not condoning these children from uh, stopping the traffic. And I'm definitely not condoning throwing anything at the police. But what I'm trying to say is the reaction of these kids was excessive. So you reacted to a water bottle being thrown at a grown man and a bulletproof vest and heavy artillery. We have to do better. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, that that's evident. I mean, that like you said, clearly a teachable moment. You would expect a grown man who's uh, trained uh, in in diffusing situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could have used his training mm-hmm. on. You know, that's a, a clear example to use your training mm-hmm. and diffusing a situation with a young man mm-hmm. and make it a teachable moment for that mm-hmm. young man. And like you said, they totally went to they went zero to a thousand mm-hmm. uh, for no reason. So I mean, that's that's just nuts. That is nuts. And that is firsthand what we're seeing across the country. We're seeing peaceful march being agitated by the police. We're seeing peaceful uh, marches being infiltrated by other sources who are causing agitation. So not only are we fighting for justice, we're fighting for the right to protest peacefully. And I just feel like... um, One of my statements that I did say that night um, was you're asking us to be peaceful and we would like you to do what you're asking. Because if you're asking us to be peaceful, you need to do the same. You're asking us to do better. You should do better. Yo, you, you, you in my head on that one because that, that's the truth. That's the God's honest truth. You know, you got to give to get, you know, respect is earned. And, you know, the same things, like you said, they're asking us to do, you know, that reflection and we should be giving back to us and we should be getting that from them. 
Yeah. Mm. It's a lot of work to be done locally. Um, there's a there's great people here in Stafford County. They have um, organized. We are organizing. We're mobilizing. I feel like we can't, we have to protest. We have to keep the pressure on, but we also have to act. We have to put action behind there, and and that's what we're doing here in Stafford County. We are we are mobilizing, strategizing, and organizing because enough is enough. Okay, woo! All right, uh, that that kind of says it all. Uh, you know, we're going to entitle this episode "Enough." You know, just on that that end statement because uh, that that encompasses everything we need to know about. I think what all of us are feeling right now, um, man, you know, there any other thoughts or feelings or anything else you want to share? I do. I just want to say that I hope that we lift up the families that are still going through things and Breonna Taylor and uh, Breonna Taylor, excuse me, Breonna mm-hmm. Taylor, Amar Aubrey's family and others, I hope that we don't lose them in our fight for justice and try to keep them in our hearts and be diligent um, in helping the attorneys out uh, if they need uh, volunteers for petitions or to make phone calls. So Mm -hmm. uh, I think we're going to urge people to um, go ahead and start following the attorneys so that after the lights turn off because one thing that broke me was when uh, Eric Gardner's mom was speaking in an interview yeah. and she said that when the lights and the cameras were off, it was yeah. just her. And we cannot, as a people, we have things to do as well in-house. So that we cannot leave these families. It's going to be a long time before trial. It's going to be an uphill battle. But we need to make sure that we stay connected with the attorneys and the grassroots projects that are going on to assist these families so that when it's time, you know, we're here and we're there for them. We don't ever want them to feel that, you know, once the cameras are gone, that they're alone, you know, and that really struck me. So I have the uh, Ben Crump is the attorneys for uh, mostly everyone at this Mm -hmm. point. Um, So his social media is uh, Ben Crump Law. I also uh, have Lee Merritt. Lee Merritt is the Coke counsel, Mm -hmm. and he is Lee Merritt ESQ on all social media and Lee Merritt is also uh the one of the founders of the Grassroot Law Project. So if you listeners are out there and you go to these um websites you can sign up and that way it can keep everybody informed of the news. We cannot depend on the media to spin their story. We have to take control of our narrative. I appreciate that Lisa uh for those I, I don't want to come across offensive. Um, I just want to harp on, you know, these are two brothers that are, like you said, they're at the forefront and they basically have every uh, injustice case against people of color, our, black people in America. Like they, the two of them are, they, they're the forefront of everything. Yes, they are. And I just want to share that for those, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't want to be offensive, but yes. I know a lot of us may not be in the news or in the know that much, but I just want to put it out there, you know, so that we all are aware. Um, and, yes. and thank you for sharing that. Yes. Um, at, at, the, at this moment, um, a lot of times what I do, I like to share a thought mm-hmm. or a word. And uh, I'm just going to 
piggyback off of what you said and ending off on enough. And I'm just going to jump in and say, you know, at this time with everything going on, we need to try to work on learning to love without condition. As bad as everything is, let's not talk with talk to each other with bad intention. You know, give without any reason. And most of all, care for people without any expectation. I think right now we are all in need of some uncondi- unconditional love, some someone to hug, someone to hold, someone to talk to, because uh, we're all we all just had enough, and we need that outlet. I'm hoping that you know we can use this platform to be that outlet, and I just want everybody to. You know, try to move to in your space or in your place when you can find a moment, you know, pick up the phone, call, check on somebody, you know, tell them that you love them, tell them that you miss them, tell them that you're thinking about them. Uh, and I'm pretty sure, you know, they would love to go ahead and say that to you in return. And I think we need that right now. Uh, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, right now, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pass it over to you, Lisa. Anything else uh, we need to talk about? Uh, we have any... Uh, Sponsors or anything we want to talk about while we're sitting here? Well, bro, you know me and you could talk forever. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't throw it back to me because we could talk uh, forever. So you dribbling, you dribbling. Go ahead. Right, but I just want to shout out the uh, Stafford County um, uh, groups that are actually on the ground and they are mobilizing right now. They are active. Um, they have, they showed up at the school, uh, at the uh, uh, Board of Supervisors meetings, and they are having town calls. Like I said, keeping the dialogue open. The uh, hashtag is enough. Uh, There's a Stafford County group, but we trying to get our initiative um, basically throughout so we all can be moving in the same direction. So, um, <clears throat> you know, that's that's who I would like to throw out on this week, uh, the Stafford County Enough group that has now, we have members in Texas and all over. Okay, that's what, uh, that's so. what I'm looking for. I, I, want, I want you to expound on that because uh, just to piggyback, you know, some of the things that we've talked about, trying to build uh, these pipelines and these connections um, so that we can learn and share share what we what we're learning and share with other cities and uh, other locations that we can build a pipeline of strength and communication right. uh, throughout the right. nation. So, like yeah. you said, we can be able to support each other. Uh, you know, like I said, when the cameras are off and nobody's there, right. and we have a network there in that in that community that can support families uh, during these tough times. So, I think that's important. Uh, and yes. if any listeners out there, if they have anything going on in their communities that they would like to share with us, you know, please feel free to send us an email at uh, www. Um, I'm sorry, not the online. I'm sorry. Our email, two mics up at gmail.com. Uh, you can also send us uh, email or information online at www.twomicsup.com. Um, we'd like to get that information and be able to share that with our listeners as well. That's right. And, um, you know, we're doing voter training and things like that. So, uh, and then I know that's your, your baby there. So <laughs> we, we are definitely getting, getting things, all, all aspects of them off the ground. That's what's up. That's what we need. That is exactly what we need. So moving, moving real quick. I just want to go ahead and, uh, jump into, uh, you know, friends is coming up on that time of year where our opinions and more importantly, our votes will matter. 
understand this is not only on a national level, but also in our local districts. Many of us in the community, we've had enough and feel there's time for change. We would like to hear from you. And like I just said to you all, head over to our Facebook page and IG or Twitter at Two Mics Up. Let us know uh, where you're from and share your opinion today. Uh, share any opinions about today's uh, podcast. And like I say, any thoughts or any information that you'd like to go ahead and share with us. Uh, at this time, we want to go ahead and uh, get ready to close. I just want to thank everyone uh, for joining us and listening to the podcast. I want to thank Bernard for, you know, the time that he spent in sharing his story uh, and events that happened in Minneapolis uh, with his dear friend, uh, George George Floyd. Uh, and again, I say may he rest in peace. Yes. And, um, you know, that that's what I have for at the moment. Lisa, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pass the ball back to you. I think that's it, bro, because uh, we got a couple of shows coming up. Uh, I know we're going to have DJ Coco Brown uh, coming up. So we got some fun things in store for you guys. Just please stay tuned. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Stay safe. Stay blessed. Mike's out. Mike's out. I'd like to take a moment to... Thank our executive producer, N. Cunningham, for working with us on today's podcast, as well as our marketing team, uh, led by A. Cunningham and D. Martin. Thank you.